Episode number 40, lads. Getting there, getting there, getting there. Right, so, where are we? Phone started ringing this morning. It hasn't rang in two months. People looking for stuff, so I basically have to go to work. <laughs> kind of, thankfully and begrudgingly, but look, such is life. Um, my plan for today is to power wash a load of trays, part of the process of what I do, I want to get ahead of myself and basically spend the day power washing. So what that means is I need to stick something into my earphones and today it's going to be Matthew Walker. Matthew Walker is a sleep expert, that's a, as good a description of what he is and does as I can give you at the minute. Once I listen to him talking to Joe Rogan for a couple of hours for the second or third time, it'll be fresher in my head and I might be able to speak to you a little bit more about it. Why am I talking about Matthew Walker and what I'm going to listen to while I'm power washing trays, getting ready to go back to work? I am listening to him because of past guest and friend of the show, Pat O'Reilly. Where do I start? I'll start at the start. I got Pat into jiu-jitsu a couple of years ago. And, like, not last year, the year, two years ago, I'd say. There, thereabouts, 18 months, give or take. Loved it, really enjoyed it, but there was issues with class times and availability and all the rest of it, and it basically ended up falling by the wayside. And what I said to him was, well, would you give running a go, basically? And he goes, well, why, why are you telling me to do running now? Like, and I said, well, or what I said was, look, timetables don't suit you. Because of the nature of his job, he was working four days on, four days off at the time. So, as you can imagine, if you're doing that four days on, four days off, because there's seven days in a week, that means that you're off different days every week. So it might seem simple, four days on, four days off. But it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're working. Then you're off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So you're in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I sound like him. This is what he sounded like forever. He's, he worked there for fucking nearly 20 years. So I've been listening to him going, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. But I I got him into running because the beauty about running is uh, there's no timetable. You don't have to be at the venue at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday and Thursday. Whenever you've got a free minute, in first thing in the morning or last thing at night, you just head out the door. And what I was saying to him was, what I do is, if I haven't got a run in that day, say, and I'm about to have my shower in the evening, I say, fuck it, and I'll just run to the shop and back, which is just 2K. Now, you might wonder, what's the point in doing it, but... If you run it fast, there's plenty of point in doing it. Even if you walk it, there's plenty of point in doing it. It's something better than nothing. And it only takes me about five minutes to run a kilometre. So 2K, 10 minutes. I'm about to have a shower. Fuck it. Throwing shorts, 10 minutes later, I'm in the shower. It, there's no... You don't have to schedule it in is basically the point. But anyway, Patter being an obsessive lunatic that he is, got into running. Now, Patter is a little bit like me in so far as that he doesn't do things by halves, to put it mildly. So Patter started obsessively running to the point whereby come last October, I think in October 2019, he set himself the goal of running 10K every day. So for the 30-odd days in October, he ran 10 kilometers every day. Fucking lunatic. Once he had that done, once he had 300 kilometers ran in the month or whatever his goal was, he didn't stop there. He said he'd run 10K every other day. So... He was able to run 10k a day for 30 days and said to himself, it'd be interesting to see how long I can run 10k every second day. So he started on the 1st of November 2019 and I'm glad to report that the cunt is still doing it. Absolute lunatic. Like, what, what's wrong with people? You say, oh, get into running, Potter, and he ends up running 10k every day for over a year. I better not tell him to get into making nuclear weapons or, you know, 
trafficking people or something because fucking hell, how bad could that go? But anyway, Panner being an obsessive lunatic that he is, got me into, he's been a big driving push in the whole heart rate monitoring and knowing what my resting heart and max heart rate and VO2 max and, and all that jazz. He's been pushing and pushing and pushing, so much so that he has me wearing a fucking watch for the first time in about 25 years. One of these things that monitors your sleep and your heart rate and syncs up to an app and all that fun stuff. But he texted me last night and said, check out your app for your watch. Check out the sleep setting on it. And I was like, sleep setting sounds interesting. So holy shit, went into it. Now, I only had a cursory glance, but it, it logged the deep sleep I got, the REM sleep I got, which is rapid eye movement, apparently, uh, and the light sleep I got. And it broke it down into what I got and when I got it and how long I got it for. It even has the times that I woke up and it tells me whether or not, you know, it, it was a good night's sleep or a short night's sleep. It obviously gives the duration of from when I went to sleep to when I went up, but also the duration of how I was in deep sleep for, you know, X amount of minutes, then in REM sleep, then in light sleep and fascinating stuff. I literally only had a cursory glance, as I said, but what I'm going to be listening today when I'm power washing trays, see how we got back, when I, what I'm going to be listening to is this Matthew Walker dude, who's some sort of sleep expert. I don't know his credentials, but I have listened to it before. It was on about two years ago with Rogan and listened to it, blown away by it. The importance of it, the, ne- the necessity of it, the downsides of not getting enough, not getting the right amount, the benefits of getting the right amount and getting enough of it, the downsides of getting too much of it, how you can't... Um, Claw it back so when you lose it, it's lost. Like if you if you're aiming to get eight hours sleep a night and you only get four hours sleep one night, forget about having twelve hours sleep the next night. Apparently, it doesn't work like that. But anyway, it's been a couple of years since I listened to it, and I haven't really studied it or really taken it on board because I have two kids that just don't sleep, and it was just depressing knowing how detrimental to my health and the health of my family and therefore everybody else around us when we're not getting the requisite hours kip a night. But anyway. I'm committing to listening to it today because it's actually because of something I heard Dana White say. I was listening to a bit of Dana White. He's the president of the UFC. I mentioned him yesterday. I was listening to something he was saying. And what the hell was it that he was saying? Ah, yeah, that there's, there's no good time. There's no perfect time. If you've got an opportunity and you're like, oh, I can't now because A, B and C. Ask yourself, is A, B and C bullshit? Can you just, you know, suck it up and get on with it? So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to learn about it and get into it and try and get my head around it, whether I'm getting it or not, because the time when I do get it will come eventually. So expect a podcast all about sleep and the benefits of it. Now, yesterday I spoke about getting into shit, okay? And I was saying that I've kind of recently gotten into or, or have started to get into this whole, what was his name, Jake Paul, manufacturing fights with people and having them on main cards, like having them on big boxing cards, like Tyson, uh, like Tyson's at the weekend. But bearing all that crack in mind, I'm going to give you an in, and it's going to be an in of a couple of things. Pick one. So the in is two guys, okay? One's called Eddie Hall, nicknamed The Beast, and another guy is called Hafthor Bjornsson. And his, his nickname is The Mountain. Okay? Two tiny little guys, as you can imagine. Hafthor Bjornsson, The Mountain, as he's known, you might know from Game of Thrones. 
oh, I'm actually just going to Google what he's called in Game of Thrones because I've never watched it. And we're back. Gregor Clegane, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Gregor Clegane. And I actually think he might have been called the mountain in Game of Thrones. I don't fucking know. I never watched it. Dragons and shit, not my style. But anyway, Hathor Bjornsson, and as the name might suggest, he's from Iceland. And he's a strong man. He's one of the world's strongest men. And so was Eddie Hall. Okay, Eddie Hall's an English dude. The beast, as he calls himself. Absolute lunatic of a man. Both lunatics of a man. Now, just to give you some stats, like they're, they compete in the World's Strongest Men, which is a legit organisation, by the way. A lot of people seem to have it in their head that World's Strongest Man is just a bit of nonsense. It's not. It's absolutely fucking class. But just to give you the stats on these two dudes, okay? So Eddie Hall is 32 years of age. Uh, Hafthor Bjornsson is 31, so his nearest makes no difference. Eddie Hall is six foot two. Okay, and as he refers to himself as, he's the little guy. <laughs> At six foot two, he's a short arse and world's strongest man. Hafthor Bjornsson, on the other hand, is six foot seven. Okay, now the weights, lads, the weight of these human beings. Okay, Eddie Hall is 25 stone and 11 pounds. Maybe you're not fluent in stones and pounds. Do you want it in kilos? How's 164 kilos? To put that into cons- into perspective, right? He's 164 kilos, right? I'm about 87 kilos. So I'm about half his weight, as near as makes no difference, okay? And I'm a big dude. I'm 5'11", and I'm, I'm, I'm a big dude, like. So he's literally double my size. As for the other lunatic, he's 30 stone and 5 pounds. That's 192 kilos, or 425 pounds. I didn't give the pounds for Eddie Hall. He's 361 pounds. These people, for want of a better term, they're just, they're, they're behemoths. They're absolutely enormous. How do you fuel a behemoth? I've been speaking a bit about calorie intake of late. Check this out, shit out. Eddie Hall, when he was uh, training for World's Strongest Man, was eating, count them, 10,000 calories a day. So although he's double the size of a big dude, He's eating four times as much as a big dude. Like the, the man, the, the mass and strength of these dudes is just incredible. And as for Hafthor Bjornsson, he was packing away 17,000 calories. Where he was shoving them, I don't know, but look, there you go. But anyway, why am I telling you about Eddie Hall and Hafthor Bjornsson? Well, for a start, they've got a rivalry in World's Strongest Man. They're competitors. So they have that rivalry, but they've had a further rivalry. They've been bitching at each other back and forth for years. There was some controversy over, I think it was the 2017 World Strongman title that Eddie Hall won and would have been head-to-head against Hafthor Bjornsson. I can't remember what Bjornsson said. Something along the lines of it not being legit. I think he accused him of cheating in one of the events or something like that. Later disproven, I believe, by video evidence. And as you can imagine, Eddie Hall having one strongest having one world strongest man man only for the runner up to basically accuse him of cheating didn't take that too kindly and the two boys despise each other it's fair to say now how much of this is manufactured for the cameras and for the eyeballs and for the clicks and for the promotion i don't know and i don't care just like jake paul can't speak or box i don't care there was a bit of fucking glitz and tinsel about it. And that's what I was looking for. I was looking to be entertained, okay? If you want to get into real boxing, don't pay any attention of Jake What's-His-Face because he can't box, okay? Watch boxers. Um, yeah, I was going to start trying to name boxers, but I can't, so I won't. But anyway, 
Eddie Hall, Hafler, Bjornsson, they, they get it, okay? They seem to get what a lot of fighters don't understand. A lot of fighters, and I'm speaking specifically now about martial artists now, or mixed martial artists, should I say, cage fighters, call them what you will. Everybody knows that there's jiu-jitsu, that's ground grappling, that's rolling around the ground trying to snap off arms and choke people unconscious, okay? Everyone knows about the stand-up, the punching and the kicking and the kneeing and the elbowing, everyone's familiar with that. The bit in between is when you're wrestling for position, okay? Everyone's familiar with that. There are the three main domains. There's a whole load of other ones. There's against the cage, there's when you're on top, there's when you're on bottom, there's when you're, you know, advancing and retreating and all that jazz. There's a million and one different ways that you can view it. But... You know, for the most part, there's the ground, there's stand-up, and then there's wrestling, okay? But there's a fourth, which is arguably more important than the other ones. And that's the promotion of it. Because you'll get better paid. And if you're a professional fighter, you're doing this professionally, you're doing it to get paid, okay? You'll get paid more if you can promote it, if you can be interesting, if people want to see you, okay? You'll get paid more, so you're probably better off not being as good a fighter as you can and focusing on promoting yourself than trying to be the best fighter that you can possibly be and ignoring the entertainment aspect of it. Now, Eddie Hall and Thor, for short, these two guys, they get it. They understand that there's only so strong that they can get it. There's limits to their ability, okay? Not many, granted, but there are limits. And what they've copped onto is that They'll earn more money from being professional weightlifters, essentially, by being entertaining. And a great way of being entertaining is to pick a fight with someone, basically. And that's what these two lunatics have done. So, hop, skip and jump to September of 2021. These two men are set to meet in the boxing ring. I think it's going to be um, promoted as the heaviest boxing match of all time ever. I, for one, will be absolutely fucking glued to it. And not only to it, but I'm going to be glued to these lads training between now and then. Because as you can imagine, at, you know, 8 million stone or whatever the hell I said these guys weigh, they're too heavy to compete in a boxing match. They're heavy enough to, you know, lift a car over their head. But they're not heavy enough to box you need to be light on your feet or relatively light to your feet. So these guys are going to have to go on a massive cut. They're going to get down to, I don't know, they're probably going to reduce a third of their body weights in order to be proper boxers come the time. And they'll still be 10 stone heavier than anyone who's ever boxed before, ever. So hopefully either you'll get into Eddie Hall. There's a great, um, there's a great program about him on... Netflix. If you search Eddie Hall Netflix or The Beast on Netflix, you'll get that. Don't know a whole pile about your man, Hafthor Bjornsson. I'll put a couple of links in the description to both those guys. Check them out. And I shall... Catch you tomorrow. I knew there was something I didn't say. Uh, yes, so, just on Eddie Hall and Hafthor Bjornsson. Eddie Hall broke the world deadlift record uh, about a year ago. I'm not sure exactly when. There, there, about a year ago. Just so people know, a deadlift is... So you're, you're standing as normal, mind your own business. You bend your knees and you reach down and you pick something up. And then you, sta- you straighten your knees, straighten your back and you stand up. And you've lifted it clean off the ground. 
okay? That's essentially what a deadlift is. And Eddie Hall broke that record a year ago. The man, I don't know how he did it, but he lifted 500 kilos, or half a ton, in other words, clean off the ground. And it's a he- no one had ever lifted anything that heavy before, ever. Plenty of people had reckoned that it was literally physically impossible. Eddie Hall proved them all wrong. So that was about a year ago. But only in the last month or two, what did your man Hafthor Bjornsson go and do? He lifted a 501 kilos. Sneaky fuck. Okay, so he has the new world record. I don't know how official it was, but look, it was recorded and nobody's questioning it. He lifted 501 kilos. Now, credit where credit's due, Eddie Hall will still always be the first man to have ever lifted 500 kilos off the ground. No one can take that title off him. But his deadlift title, Hafthor Bjornsson did take it off him. And all the more reason for Eddie Hall to beat his ass into the ground in September next year. And on that note, I definitely will chat to you tomorrow.